It is great to see all of y'all. If you're a guest, first time I'm David, I'm the pastor. If you've been coming the last few weeks, just started, you haven't seen me yet. I've been off preaching for about four weeks and preached since July, so it's good to be back. Joe Andrews, our campus pastor, uh, brought the messages, did a van, fantastic job uh, on this series that we're calling Interconnected. And I'm kind of coming today and, and just bringing everything to kind of a conclusion about it. Um, we weren't really scheduled to do this series. I, I spent like this August, I spent preparing everything for 2021. This wasn't what we wanted to do, what I wanted us to do in 2020 in August, but because of all the craziness and the chaos, and uh, we were in a staff planning session in June, and I said, look, what we're going to want to do in August isn't going to work. And uh, we, need, we need to get our church back. We don't, we're separated. People you know, are not connecting. You know, we're isolated, quarantined. We've got to get people back. And uh, you know, our goal is kind of get everything back growing as much as we can by September. Uh, this Wednesday night, September 2nd, we start our Wednesday night stuff back up. One at 6. Youth Bible study at 6.15. Adult Bible study grow at 6.15. Book of Galatians. And I said, we need, it. we need to get it back. And let's just do this thing. We've got, we've got relationships that we're not able to keep strong right now that are hurting. We have relationships that we need to connect. We're, we're connected to our family. We're connected to our church. We're connected to our community. We're connected to the world at large. And, and all those connections are interconnected. Kind of like the highway system, I-10. You know, California and Florida aren't connected, but a highway connects them. They, it's an interstate. It's they're interconnected. And we need to be interconnected with all our relationships because one relationship affects another. And so we did this, this thing called Interconnected, and I'm going to bring it to kind of a conclusion today. And we're going to be uh, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the first part of verse 18. The second part of verse 18 tells us about Adam needing a wife. And I've preached that many times. It's a fantastic passage about companionships and complementing equality. But today, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians, no, we're not there yet. But today, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the first part says this, Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. God said, God is speaking. It is not good for the man to be alone. So here's what I want you to get out of the message today. And what I want you to get out of the entire series is simply this. God did not create us to live in isolation. You understand that? God did not create us to live in isolation. I'm going to share a couple things with you. And the first thing that I want to share is this. And this is a good point that you should always keep in mind. We should probably listen to God. I have learned in my 40-something years, plus, 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 59 years, I've learned this. David, listen to God. I don't listen to God. I really do dumb things. David, listen to God. We should probably listen to God. Back in the um, end of February, the last Sunday of February, it's the last Sunday of August, six months ago, I preached a message about the image of God. Uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we were created in the image of God. The image of God, I shared with you, is one image, but there's three components of it, basically. We're created structurally like God, and by that means we have a soul. We have the ability to reflect upon our life, to understand our place in the world. We are, we are in this image relationally. We have a relationship with God and we have a relationship with other people. We're created that way. That's why Jesus said, love God, love others. And then we're created functionally like God. In other words, God has a function. We don't have the function of God. You know, God is Lord of all, creator of all, but Adam in the garden, take care of the garden. He had a function. That, all that together kind of helps us understand the image of God. And this is why this is important. And this is what I shared with you back then. This is critical if you want to write it down. Or, you know, it's okay to take your picture out, pick camera out, take a picture of the points. 
Even the 8.30 service, which is our traditional service and primarily a little bit older than this service, a lot older than this service, they'll take their smartphone out and take a picture of the thing. Half the time they get it wrong and get a selfie, but that's okay. Here's what it says. (laughs) Forgot the filter. (laughs) Oh, boy. Here's what (laughs) Some of you went to that early service. You're going to tell them what I said, aren't you? All right. (laughs) It's been four weeks. Give me a break. I'm catching up. Your understanding of the image of God will shape, influence, and determine your understanding of what it means to be human. It is that important. Image is everything. How you understand the image of God impacts your understanding of what it means to be human. It's that important. Image is everything. And here's the thing. Six months ago, I had no idea that that message then would be important to this message today. In the image of God, we're created to have relationships. And when you don't have relationships, you're not living to the fullness of that image. We're living in a time, and I get it, and I understand it. And for a little bit, I understand we're being told, you know, we need to separate, we need to quarantine, we need to isolate, we need to distance, we need to contain, and we're told we do all this because it's for our well-being. The problem is, according to God, it's not for our well-being. He didn't create us this way. Now, understand, it's always true that at times people need to have some separation sometimes or isolation. Listen, if you're sick for any reason, you know, you're more vulnerable to other diseases, and yeah, you need to isolate a little bit. You don't need to get out when you're sick and catch something else and make it worse. When, when people are sick they're, you know, in the hospital, they're more likely to get pneumonia. You've got to be careful. And, and, and also, if you're sick, you don't want to infect other people. We tell our folks from Wombaland and Upstreet, listen, if your kid's got a fever, don't bring your kid to us. They'll get other kids sick. Unless it's chicken pox. Evidently, according to my mama, when someone gets chicken pox, that's when you go visit them. Sometimes you isolate. And sometimes you isolate kind of as, as punishment. Like if a kid's in trouble, you put them in timeout. You keep them from being socially connected to their friends. When I was in kindergarten back at Delview Baptist Church back in 1966, our teacher had something called a lonesome bench. You got in trouble, you went to the lonesome bench. In October, she'd move my desk over to the lonesome bench because it just needed to be there. I was there all the time. Isolated. But we understand isolation isn't normal. Adam was isolated. That's not what God wanted. He's going to make a wife for him. Before he made a wife, he wanted to understand that that the other things that he created weren't weren't going to complete that companionship. So he brought the birds and the bees. Adam considered them and named them. Said they weren't suitable. And he made Eve. And here's why. Here's why this is so important. For the Lord God said it's not good for the man to be alone. The Lord God said. This is God speaking, all right? I mean, you you have the double name of God. Lord God. Yahweh Elohim, the covenant God, the one and only God, he is speaking. And if God speaks, it is important. When the Bible says God says, important. When the Bible says Jesus says, if you got a red letter edition and it's in red, well, that's important. Jesus is God, the perfect God. He's, he's the ultimate revelation of God. God's going to say something that's important. Here's what God said. God said, It is not good 
Something is good. Now, the word good is used in chapter 1 to describe the goodness of creation, the goodness of man. It's good, it's good, it's good. The word good, the Hebrew word tov, it's a really fluid word. It's kind of like our word good. It can speak of the quality of something. It, 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 it can speak of the pleasing. It's something that's good. I have a good-looking wife, man. I really do. I hope she watches this. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. She'll be here unless she's out working in the Welcome Center. She'll be here. If you see my wife at Welcome Center, you say, David said, you good-looking woman. She is gorgeous. I still remember 38 years ago, 1st of August, man, we got married. I'm, sitting up, I'm standing up there in my tux, and I look back, and she's walking down that aisle. And I did a triple take. She was so good-looking. She still is good-looking. Okay, I'm out of trouble for what I did yesterday. I got that good. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes good means, you know, the quality of something like, there's nothing better than a really good chicken fried steak, man, in Texas, man. It's chicken fried steak. It's good. And, and sometimes we say it's good compared to other things. You may say, well, he's not very smart and he's not very bright, but he's a pretty good husband. Okay, you get that? I get that sometimes. You get the idea of good. And sometimes it's moral, good as opposed to evil. God said everything he created was good. Before the fall, it was good. Even after the fall, he made it good. That means there was a quality about it that separated it. It was everything it needed to be, but something wasn't good. Man had something about it that wasn't good. It wasn't that man wasn't good. Man is still good, but God created man with something that wasn't good. And the thing he created him with that was not good is God didn't want this guy to be alone. He's created in the image of God and he needs to have relationships. The word alone, it means to be isolated, divided. Psalm 120 verse 8 it says that the bird was on the roof alone by himself. In um, Nehemiah, it's used in a good sense. Nehemiah 9, 6. God is alone in his deity. There's only one God. That's good. In um, Lamentations 1, 1. It's very sad. The widow, the widow was all alone. That's sad. And we understand usually alone is kind of in, in that way. And it's, here it's like man was alone. He, he, it's not a good thing. It's not the way God wanted it to be. And, and so this is how it is. And so God created us for relationships. <clears throat> and think about it. He created us. And we talked about the very first week. He created us to have relationships with family. Family is important. The very first relationship is family. Then he creates us to have relationships with other believers. In the Old Testament, Jews as the people of God. In the New Testament, the church. The church, we have relationships with one another. And it's good to see, you know, every week coming back, we're going to add another row. You know, we, we, we took out a bunch of rows for the social distancing, and now we've had to add another back, and so we're going to add another. And so, you know, I'm just telling you, next week there'll be another row. If you're, if you're worried about it this way, you just, you, you're forewarned, man, you're forewarned. Because we come back together. God created us to have a relationship with our community. I call it the community. There are places I go to eat all the time, man. A couple of them, I know the folks, they know me. Relationship, they know I'm a pastor. I'm trying to keep that good relationships. You know, it's the pastor trying to get to them, but they're not following Christ to come to Christ. Places I shop, you know, places where I buy most of my, my clothes down there. You know, and it's not Old Navy in case someone wants to know. I'm a little too old for that. Joe goes to Old Navy, not me. It's, it's, we build those relationships. And then the whole world. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Go and make disciples of all the nations. You go. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to have the power to go. You're going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the world. We are relational people. To God. This is what matters. To God, aloneness is not good. 
This is what God says. I probably want to go with that. Which leads to the second thing I want to say to you today. We cannot function, we cannot function in the image of God without human interaction. We need that, we crave that. It's in our DNA. When uh, the whole thing started back in March, I'm going to shut some stuff down. One of my biggest concerns, and I said it then, and when, you know, we spent nine weeks worshiping online with nobody here but me, uh, the other pastors and the tech people and cameras set up. That was miserable, by the way. I knew I looked at that time happy and jolly and, and all that, and, and, but it was miserable because there's no people here. I didn't realize how much I missed some of you. Some of you maybe more than others, yeah. So that's the way it is. I missed him. He, he was on the committee that called me. I thank God every day for his wife. So here's the thing. I knew that was not right. It just didn't seem right. Because here's why. And I said this over and over, and I said it when I talked. God didn't create us to live in isolation. He didn't. He did not create us to live in that sense of isolation. So from the moment the governor said, and a lot of governors did this, I get it, not just ours. You know, we're, we're going to shut down society, we're not going to worship. And on my mind, number one, is how do we get back to worshiping safely? I get it. We've got to get back. I always had in mind how to get back. I was coming back. We were coming back one way or the other. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, <laughs> we were coming back. You know, just one way or the other. You can take that for what it means. Fortunately, the governor said, you know, in, in, in May, okay, it's not coming back. And so we just, everything's about how to get back. How to get back to some sense of normal in our lives. Because here's the thing. The commands of God didn't change because we had a pandemic. Didn't change. I mean, for 2,000 years, the world has been persecuted. Christianity, I mean, has been persecuted by the world. It still happens today, just not in America yet. Persecuted. And, and they're not safe. You know, when you're being persecuted, you're not safe. You didn't know that, did you? But you're not safe. And so what do they do throughout the world? How do we stay safe? We'll just stop meeting as a church. <laughs> it didn't happen. It didn't happen that way. They kept on meeting. They kept on meeting because God doesn't change. God says, you go make disciples. You go get it done. That's what was expected of us. And Jesus didn't say, now, as the Father sent me, so send I you unless... He didn't, he didn't say, go and make disciples of all the nations unless. No unless. That's what we're called to do. That's what we connect with the world all around us. I did that series in, in June, July about the night before. And I love it. And, and, you know, the main thing is Jesus said, uh, you know, a new commandment I give to you, love one another. And this is how the world, this is how the world will know you're my disciples. You love one another. Do those things you need to be doing. And if sometimes you get some pushback. I've got a little bit of pushback. Uh, I don't think anybody in here, I don't think. But I've got a little bit of pushback. People saying, well, if you really love people, you'll just separate and isolate yourself from them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what that means. You can't, you can't fulfill one part of Scripture by negating another part. This is the fundamental rule of understanding the Bible. I can't say, in order to show people I love them, I'm not going to go reach them for Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to separate myself from people. I'm not going to go into the world and tell them about Christ because I love them. You can't say, well, God said it's not good to be alone, but I'm going to be alone for a little while because that's what's better than what God says. 
Now, listen, I, I get it. I understand. And, and, and people watching online, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. You have to be careful. And for some people, listen, this, what we've gone through kills people. I know that. I've, I've, I've dealt with that. I'm a pastor. I've dealt with it. And so people that are older, the elderly, you've got to be careful. You probably need to isolate some. I get that. If you're, if you're vulnerable to this, You've got underlying health issues if you're sick. Absolutely be careful. You may need, you may need to separate yourself somehow. I get it. I get when you're out in public because of this social distancing. I'm good with that. I, heck, man, I prefer to social distance all the time. I don't like rubbing up against people, man. I get, I get wearing a mask. And if someone's wearing a mask and I'm not, I'll say, hey, would you prefer I wear a mask? You know, if that makes you more comfortable. When I'm talking when people come to the, the house to do some repairs, they'll wear a mask. Hey, man, I'll put my mask on if you're comfortable with that. I mean, I get that. I'm a pastor. I understand that. As long as you understand, this can't continue forever. Because we can't be alone forever. We all travel a path in life, right? Everyone's path is different. I get that. But at some point, all of us must find a path out of aloneness. We need connections. We need relationships. We need those. We need them in our life. You've got to find. I don't know what the path is. It's different. And my path was one way. Hey, I know what my path is. I know what it was and is, and I'm following it, and, and, and I'm doing it. I'm right with God. God and I, and I've searched the Holy Spirit in my heart. I pray. I've read Scripture. I'm, I'm good with my path. But all of us need to find some path away from isolation to be back where we're connected. Not just connected, but we're interconnected. Think of what it's doing to our culture. Think about our children, moms, dads. Your kids don't get to really understand why they don't get to be with their friends, do they? It's hard. They want to go play. They want to go do stuff. They want to go be connected again. They want to go swimming with them. They want to go out and go to the park or whatever. I have a park behind me, nice park where I live. My, my backyard, I'm looking at it every morning. I'm hearing that basketball. I'm 7, 6.30 in the morning because I'm gone about 6.45 or so. I'm hearing that basketball. They're playing basketball. We have one of the best places to play basketball in the neighborhood, but you're not invited if you don't live there. But people come anyway, so that's how it is. And every so often, somebody strings up the caution tape. And every so often, like the next day, it's gone. I didn't do this one. <laughs> Other things. And you hear them. And they're out there all the time. Why? They just, they just want their life because that's how they're connected. Think about, my goodness. We have people in nursing homes, convalescent care centers, hospitals that are dying. And their loved ones can't go see them. It's happened in our church. I'm going to share this with you. And I mean this by my heart what I'm saying. That's cruel, man. That is so cruel. Someone in their moment when they need their family and their family needs them and they can't go, that's cruel. Do you not understand? We're not created that way. What is good about that? Nothing. I'm a pastor. I can't even get in to see people. I've got like twice I've been able to get in. You know, snuck in the back way, dressed as a doctor. I don't know, whatever. I got in. <laughs> It's cruel. In the Bible, the Bible's a good place. When Jacob was about to die, he gathered his family. 
and David was about to die, gathered his family. You know who died alone? Jesus. Remember that series I did back in, way back in March, April, on the seven words of Christ? He's hanging on the cross. And what did he say? My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? All those people around him mocking him, but he was alone because God wasn't there. It's not good, God says, to be alone. We're living in fear. You realize that? We are. And, and, and Jesus has died. People had leprosy. And leprosy was like a death sentence, man. It was horrible. We, don't even, we can't even relate to that in America now. You know, and we, we get a rash, we go take care of it and all that. But man, leprosy, and, and it, was, it was just a disease, and it would just eat at you and eat away at your fingers and your face. And lepers were told to leave. And they made lepers go live by themselves. But lepers couldn't do that, so they formed colonies. They lived with one another. They needed that relationship. And people were scared of lepers. Leper were coming around an area. They'd have to scream out, well, I'm unclean, unclean, I'm a leper. And people would flee them. Except for Jesus. Jesus just walked up to the lepers. And he stood in their midst. And he touched them. And he hugged them. And he healed them. Because he was not afraid. The power of Christ is never afraid. We have, Jesus says, the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Never afraid. What I'm about to say is probably the most important thing I'm going to say to you today. And maybe of all the things you've heard these last five weeks, this is the thing. And you, it needs to hit you hard. But the fear of dying is no substitute for the joy of living. The fear of dying is no substitute for the joy of living. So live. Live in relationship with God. Live in relationship with one another. Be Connected. Maybe you got to wait a little while. I get it. And maybe in some of you folks online, maybe your path isn't here yet. And some of you may be here, but you're struggling where else your path takes you. I can't answer that for you. I can't tell you that. But God did not create us to be alone. He created us to be together. Just a moment. We'll be taking uh, communion, the Lord's Supper. This is a baptism. The Lord's Supper has always been on the schedule, so I didn't, we didn't change this. We cut back the music. Well, we almost cut back the music. We cut back the music and the preaching a little bit. Yeah, so I, so you guess, you wonder how long I normally preach. It's about two hours, but I cut it down to about <laughs> 25 minutes today. And so we're going we're gonna to take. And listen, baptism, what's so cool about baptism is it represents the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ and the death for our sins and they're raised back to life. And we're connected to Jesus. We're in relationship with Jesus. And the Lord's Supper represents our relationship to Jesus as well. But it relationships that represents it together. Paul said in verse Corinthians, 11, verse Corinthians 11, when you come together, together, we take it together. We're interconnected. 
Some of you today, you need that connection to Christ. You really do. You need to give your life to Jesus. You've never trusted Jesus to be your Savior. You need to do that. You need to feel that connection. And there's be a few of us up here, you know, for you ladies, there'll be a woman or two up here also. If you need, need that, talk to a woman. You're more comfortable talking to a woman. And, and if you want to talk about getting connected to Christ, do that. Or maybe, maybe you're trying to figure your path out. You know, you know, you know. And if you're online, this is especially true to you. You know you've got to get a path. And so, Lord, help me find that path. Make the commitment today. Say, God, I want you to show me that path to get back. I need relationships. Maybe you have fear, and I get it. And you want one of us to pray with you to help you get past that fear. Fear is real. There are things I have fear about. I get you. I get you. I'm your pastor. I understand that. Get out of that fear. And maybe you, do, you want to pray with one of us about whatever. Maybe you want to come join the church. Listen, I, I don't know what you need to do. This is what I know. It is time for us to get back, to not only to being connected, to be interconnected. So, Father, we thank you for your word, which is sure, and your word, which is true. And, Father, we thank you for your word, which is real to us. You speak this. This is not us making this up. Thank you for our relationship with Jesus. And thank you for our relationship with one another. God, help us be connected. Help us give our fears over to you. To, to relinquish control of those fears in our life and give them to you. Trust Jesus in this. Let us give our path over to you and that you lead us, whatever it may be, on that path to get us back to where we need to be. Father, let us be connected in those relationships. For your glory and your honor in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand? Some of us will be here at the front if you need to come. You come.